the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Hello everybody, this is Mag Shores recording from Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, and I guess I'm going to try to do this here on the beach. Uh, in this episode, I wanted to talk about going on vacations and how difficult it can be for a sober person to go to the beach per se. <laughs> I know it was extremely difficult for me to begin with. I was a big time beach goer when I was drinking. Uh, beach again for me meant getting drunk without limits and using that as an excuse to basically do whatever the hell I wanted. Um, and for some reason I wasn't worried that other people thought that I was out of control because to me at least, it seemed that everybody else was also out of control. So, it was a win-win situation, right? Um, my favorite spot used to be Ocean City, Maryland, which is actually known for being an ocean uh, party town. They even have a bus that runs up and down the strip. It used to cost a dollar. I don't know what it costs now. I haven't been there in, uh, well, eight years that I've been sober. <laughs> but it used to be a dollar all day long to ride this bus up and down the strip. And um, we used to call it the drunk bus because it would run all the drunk people all the way up to, I think it ran up to 3 a.m., uh, picking up the drunk people from clubs. So it was wonderful. And, um, you know, I mean, wonderful in the aspects of drinking life. <laughs> and I guess wonderful in other ways. I mean, seriously, I can't imagine all these drunk people trying to drive home by any means, even though that the road is, you know, flat and straight and the speed limit is 25. But I can totally imagine people getting in trouble behind their wheels. So the drunk bus was great and is great. And continues to save lives, I'm sure. So my usual trip to the beach when I was drinking was, um, you know, pick up some friends. Usually bribe them with money, like, uh, you know, not directly. I would basically say, hey, I'm getting a hotel room at the beach. You want to come join me? I'll be free. Just come hang out with me, you know. Because I just needed someone to basically get drunk with. And then when uh, later on in my drinking career, when I actually ran out of friends that I could invite to go to the beach with me because nobody was willing to do that anymore, um, I would go by myself. And uh, yeah, that was a totally different story because then I had literally no limit. So I had to turn around a little bit because the sun was really burning me. But anyway, so I'm going to continue my story about my escapades, 
my drinking escapades at the beach. So I would uh, get some friends and go get uh, Totally Blitz at happy hour. Well, we usually started in the morning. I remember starting many times with some Kulua or Baileys in my coffee. And, you know, then go to lunch and have some drinks. And, of course, hit the happy hours at 4 p.m. And uh, I was pretty much drunk by 7, completely wasted. And uh, I would pass out somewhere on the couch while everybody was having fun still. And um, then get up at noon and go back out to party some more. So... Uh, noon. I'm at midnight, not noon. <laughs> so midnight and then to like 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, at clubs and stuff. There was one year where in my drunker stupid stupor, I actually decided that I could join one of the bikini contests that they usually have. And the prize uh, back then, so like 10 years ago, was about... $500 and so you know in case you had really nice breasts <laughs> and a nice body which I think I think I was okay I don't think I, I was at the top but you know when you're drunk everything looks so much better right and um, so I did it Oop, the water just got up to me oh that felt good anyway um, so with some friends support I joined this bikini contest and uh, you know even drunk it was actually a very um, kind of devastating night I didn't win at all they made fun of me and said I was from New Jersey <laughs> and this was I think uh, before New Jersey Shores or Jersey Shores that show whatever it was I can't remember but um, and I realized that there was some sort of you know semi-professional women out there who did this all the time and obviously were prepped up to show off their best natural assets, if I may. Anyway, um, I'll never forget that night because, um, you know, that's the kind of power and courage, fake courage and fake power that I thought alcohol gave me. For me to actually think that I could win a bikini contest and um, you know I'm not putting myself down here at all um, I think I you know back then I had pretty decent body so that's not it but to get so big-headed and egotistic that um, you know with with some booze in my body I really thought I could win this thing I mean I remember being so hyped up and um, you know telling my friends this is gonna be the greatest thing ever because I'm going to score $500 and then we're going to go wild and, um, you know, buy a whole bunch of stuff. And then um, I also liked getting away to the beach when I was depressed. And in the wintertime, I would drive up to three hours for the weekend to hang out at the beach and um, pretty much drink in my hotel room for the time and wallow and um there was one time i actually took a bunch of pictures so i took i actually have those pictures still which is really wacky so anyway my adventures with beach always correlated with lots of drinking no matter whether i was by myself or with other people so when i got sober 
um, it was really extremely difficult. And I think the first year or second year I was sober, I finally actually did take a vacation because I finally had an actual job where I could actually finally take a week paid vacation, which was awesome. Uh, huge, huge perk of being sober to have a normal job with actual paid vacation. Um, and we actually went to Rehoboth, which is really close to Ocean City, and the atmosphere there is kind of the same. And it was extremely hard. Um, I was angry, very angry that I was at the beach and I couldn't drink. And um, it was nerve-wracking um, because I really wanted to. And I didn't want to in a sense of, like, wanting to. I... You know, if you're sober probably a year or so, there's a difference. Like, in early recovery, maybe the first year, I think most people really want to and they really want to. Like, they would like to drink. Later on, you start saying, well, I really want to drink, but you don't actually want to drink. You want the feelings that alcohol used to bring you, but you don't actually want to drink because you you know what that would mean, that your life would pretty much go to shambles again at least that's what was happening to me and that's at least my experience and I think from talking to others it's kind of what happens so that was really extremely difficult and um, I realized early on that I didn't think I could I could go to the same places to go to the beach anymore because of that it was really hard to walk on the boardwalk and you know, people can drink on the boardwalk up here, and they are having beers in their hands, and, you know, those fufu drinks with big umbrellas, and it was just extremely difficult, and, you know, thank God my husband's in, the, in recovery, but I think even if I married someone else, I think we would have to had figure out some other way to be in some other places, so since then, we have been going two vacations on quieter beaches and our favorite spot spot as of the last let's see three years this is our third year here is Atlantic Beach North Carolina and it's a quiet little town it's um it's mostly retirees and some condos for rent and some timeshares and there's a couple resorts here and I don't see anybody drinking at the beach. I don't see anybody drinking at the boardwalk, which is, there's a little town center that's some, some part of a boardwalk there, but it's not huge. And I don't feel left out, and I don't have all these memories flooding, and I love it. I love it. Uh, it's like, you know, I have to adapt to the world, and I think this is the way to adapt to the world. I can't make other people quit drinking. I can't make beaches close down all the bars and clubs. But I definitely can find another place that I can totally enjoy. And because it's not touristy, the beach is pretty empty. Our kids can do whatever they want, sort of, you know what I mean? Um, And uh, it's actually way more relaxing. I think, you know, the whole idea of going... A way for vacation is to find some time to relax. So I'm totally enjoying this time and being able to be sober. I think it's um, it's sometimes difficult to take vacations in sobriety. Especially since I think for everybody out there, when we were drinking, or when we were not drinking, for normies, you know, everybody's kind of 
letting it loose, right? We're eating more food, we're drinking more wine, and um, it seems to be like part of vacation, right? Overeating, over drinking. So, well, I kind of still overeat, even though I plan not to, but um, I'm at least not over drinking. So I'm back at the beach. I'm gonna finish up this um, suggestions on sober vacations. And today it's kind of cloudy, but I don't think it matters to me <laughs> what kind of weather it is, as long as I'm at the beach. I love it, it's super, super. So I'm sitting out here and um, uh, I think I wanted to tell you guys about some things that I do to ensure that I stay sober nowadays. Um, of course, I get to bring my sober husband, which is a huge help. And I think that's one of the things I would definitely suggest. You know, I would suggest maybe gathering up some other sober friends. And this is, again, why some sort of uh, support group is so huge during recovery. And some people that you actually can get to know face-to-face. -face. You know, like at a 12-step meeting or smart meeting or one of those where people actually join together. <clears throat> and um, I know my groups all have some uh, trips to the beach that they uh, put together. I know there is uh, sessions by the sea, usually I think in, um, in August every year at Ocean City. Um, and all the sober people get together and enjoy some sober time at the beach. And I think that's really, really actually the most important. But... You know, I get it. I get a lot of people don't have the support, or if they do, they don't um, have a lot of it. So there's other things you can do. <clears throat> you know, one of the things you can do, which is huge, I think, also, is to tell everybody that you're going on vacation. Because, you know, I think uh, us alcoholics and addicts, you know, we have this... Um, we have this hiding thing, at least for me. Uh, if I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do something bad, that's probably why I was going to do it, number one. And number two, sort of I was thinking in my head that, well, if I didn't tell anybody, it didn't really happen. And that's how I drank a lot of times. A lot of times I didn't tell anybody I was drinking, so then I didn't have to explain myself that I was drinking. <laughs> I just figured nobody would know that I was drinking but you know drinking's kind of hard to hide because if you're drunk and you're calling people back home while you're on your vacation supposedly sober vacation or something you know you're kind of giving yourself out but anyway I think that one of the good uh, ways to keep yourself accountable is definitely tell everybody you know tell your Facebook friends uh, and tell your other friends tell your family members uh, that you're going and uh, you know maybe they'll keep in touch with you or you can even ask them to you know check up on you or something or uh, post some pictures on Facebook or Instagram just to keep yourself accountable you know I think those things are really important um, again I, I was a hiding type of drunk at the end and so now I try to be really open about what I'm doing another part again would be to consider looking up some meetings in the area that you're going I know actually in Ocean City there's tons of meetings. I know here at Atlantic Beach we have found three places that have meetings. Um, unfortunately, each one only has one meeting one once a week, but at least there's meetings. So we know where to go. Um, also, you know, uh, if you have network online, you know, that's always 
really, really useful. And all the wonderful podcasts here on the Since Right Now podcast network. Um, you know, you listen to a couple of those and hopefully whatever you're feeling, you know, will just melt away. And that's what I, uh, I love sometimes to do because I might be really angry at the moment and, you know, I might have that initial feeling fuck it, you know, I'm just going to get drunk, which I used to have very often, actually, in early sobriety, I, I had that fuck it feeling a lot, um, and I just remind myself, you know, let me do something else for a bit, uh, get my mind off whatever the hell I'm pissed off about, and, you know, a half hour later when I come back to it, uh, most of the time I've forgotten what the hell I was pissed off about, <laughs> so, you know, and um, I think that's a great tool, also, uh, another really good tool is keeping up your sober routine. So, you know, that means that if you were getting up early and uh, maybe meditating or reading some books or whatever, or talking to your friends on Twitter, like sometimes I do, or whatever your morning and evening routines were or during the day, try to keep those up. And um, I think that one's kind of hard. Um, I think, like, for us, I try to, or I want to, <laughs> I try to sleep in. doesn't always happen because, uh, you know, kids just get up on their own schedule. They don't know how to sleep in. My 12-year-old knows how to sleep in. She can sleep all day. But the little kids, uh, my 4-year-old gets up at 6.30 anyway. So, But uh, if you have a routine and you used to get up at a certain time or you used to go to bed at a certain time or you used to do something, you know, like meditating or reading something at the same time, I would continue doing that, you know, because that kind of keeps you on track of of what you uh, want to continue doing for your recovery. Because remember, your recovery is really the most important. If you go to the beach or any vacation and, your, you know, your sobriety breaks and you get drunk, you know, that's a lot of picking up pieces. And I think that's the other thing I always like to remind myself when I'm feeling like I want to get drunk. That's a lot of picking up pieces and rebuilding or restarting. Um, and, you know, if that happens to you, that's still all right. As long as you, you know, come back to recovery and continue doing what you're supposed to be doing. But, you know, before you pick up that drink, really take a moment and think about, you know, how much work will it take to get back to where you are now. Even if you have like a week or a couple of days, you know, it's still some time that you would have to make back up. So continue those wonderful, wonderful routines. Also, you know, just very basic self-care. You know, self-care. I think, um, you know, when I go on vacation, a lot of times I just want to say, you know, I just want to do whatever the hell and I'm going to just relax. I don't want to pay attention to anything. But it's actually important, you know, to keep self-care going. That means, you know, halt. So hungry, lonely, tired, and, uh, geez, what's the other one? Angry. <laughs> I got them out of order, but angry. So, you know, those things to watch out for. And I think for me, that hungry can pretty much uh, set everything else off balance. I don't know what it is about me, but when I'm hungry, it's like I can't see freaking straight. I get really irritated very quickly. I start not having any patience, you know, and all that stuff. So I know for my family, it's uh, sometimes hard for all of us to eat at the same time on vacation, especially because we are out of routine. And even when I try to keep the routine together, 
you know, the kids got up earlier than the teenage, the, the tweens, so it's hard to feed them all at the same time. And I still have to remember about me, you know, especially me because I'm sort of running the whole show. Well, not sort of. My, my husband's definitely there help, helping with everything, but uh, I'm still trying to, you know, keep the routine going. My four-year-old is very routine-oriented, which I love, and he kind of reminds me when it's time to eat. When it's time to sleep, you know, and all these other things. But, you know, we're in the fourth day of our vacation today. And even he has kind of gotten himself off track. He got up actually at 8.30 today, and um, which is very unusual. He usually sleeps, sleeps till, you know, like 6.30, 7 o'clock. So uh, it's not hard to get yourself off the routine, which I think it's super important to stay on the routine. Of course, in the end, <clears throat> you know, don't forget to have fun. Don't forget to have fun. Don't, you know, stay locked in. We, we are able to do all kinds of things sober that we used to do drinking. Yes, it's, you know, it takes some time to get used to. It takes some um, adjustment. I know in the beginning I was jealous of people, you know, appearing to have this wonderful time of drinking in their hand um but it's really it's really not a reality you know it's not really a reality i have to remember what what the reality was for me uh at the beach or on vacation reality for me was that i never remembered where i was or what i actually did i visited all kinds of cool places and um i can't really tell you what happened there and I can say I was there. I know I was there, but that's about it. Beyond that, I have no idea what happened. And that's kind of, that kind of sucks. Tell you the truth. It really kind of sucks because, you know, it's kind of like having a whole bunch of money and just like losing it. And all I got to do, all I got is left is to say, well, once I had money, I don't know where it went. So, I think I'm really happy that in recovery I'm able to relive these moments and rebuild my memories and have memories, you know, of vacations and places I visited and things that happened. You know, watching my four-year-old for the first time in the ocean, like really in the ocean, that when he was not afraid of it. I mean, that's great. That's amazing. You know, and actually going, um, going, uh, on boogie boards with my daughter, you know, that's really, really cool, and uh, picking up a bunch of shells, and just, just being able to sit here and enjoy the time, but, you know, can I tell you guys something, I still have a super hard time just sitting here and enjoying the time, you know, I really do, it's, um, I know that saying that I'm confusing serenity with boredom, is very much applies to me, and I have to, like, stop and say, no, I'm not bored. This is perfect. This is what I should be doing. I should be able to sit here and do freaking nothing, right? And find some peace and serenity. Just amazing. Um, so, but about three hours is my limit, I noticed. I can make it. <laughs> I can make it at the beach for about three hours. And I'm really proud of that, actually, because um, I think every year it gets a little longer, and it's really cool. 
Now, my husband, on the other hand, I have no clue. Maybe it's a men thing. Maybe it's just my husband thing. But he can do nothing for hours. Yep. He literally can do nothing for hours, and he's just fine with that. And I, you know, like, start itching, and uh, I start feeling uncomfortable about just sitting here and doing nothing. And I think it's also because doing nothing was a huge trigger, you know. And I know I keep talking about all these triggers. Life was a trigger for me. Literally, life was a trigger for me. But there was other things, you know, there were some things, I mean, that were more of triggers than just, you know, everything. Because everything was a trigger. But, you know, a lot of empty time on my hands was a huge trigger. So, in my early recovery, I was definitely constantly moving and doing things. Because I was really afraid that if I had any more time to, you know... When I didn't have anything to do, then like maybe an hour, my mind really started to wander. And I really hated when my mind was wandering. And I hated trying to not listen to it. You know, it seems so real. You know, I start, what what would happen is like, you know, those talks, you know, well, I'll just have one. And, you know, nobody would know. I'm out here by myself. You know, I won't hurt anybody. I won't even get drunk, you know. So then the conversation switches. It starts changing, you know. It goes from one to like, well, you're right. I wouldn't get drunk off one. I wouldn't even catch a good buzz off one. So maybe I'll have two or three. I mean, at at least I should get a good buzz if I'm going to, you know, drink. And, you know, then it just keeps going. And it's like, okay, well, you know, how am I going to sneak this one or two or three drinks? Or how am I going to hide it from my husband and my family and you know what what would happen if I get drunk and um you know it just keeps going and I hate I hate when my mind starts rolling that direction it's really hard to navigate it so you know I'm sort of like a you know proactive type person I try to do things before I get to that point where I need to start helping myself or finding help or asking for help because for me, I think it's much easier to get myself prepared and in the right state of mind and kind of, um, you know, focused and uh, focusing on what's important to begin with than just uh, then trying to figure out how to make it stop <laughs> and change my thought pattern. So that's really, that's really about it. I, you know, and I think that helps a lot of people being proactive in their recovery if you know something is really bugging you or is definitely a um you know beginning to a relapse just don't do it you know don't even start going that direction and you know sometimes we don't know we start going that direction but if you even you know question yourself going on vacation and maybe even with sober people Because, you know, like, what's happened to me, and I'm not trying to scare you guys, just, you know, be ready for some of this stuff. What's happened to me is, like, I wouldn't relapse there on vacation, but I'd come home, you know, and a couple days later, I'd start wondering, you know, maybe I'm not so bad. Look, you know, I went on vacation. I managed to stay sober the whole entire time, so maybe I'm really not an alcoholic. Yeah, you know, that shit would start creeping in my head, too, and I would end up drinking. So, you know, I have a lot. A lot of history with relapse, you know, about four years worth. If you've read my blog or any parts of it, I have a lot of um, a lot of uh, posts about my relapses, 
And my relapses, you know, they just came out of nowhere sometimes. And sometimes they came out of places where I knew I was maybe going down the wrong path, but I was ignoring it. And, um, you know, I think those were the times where I just wanted to drink. There was, it wasn't a relapse really. I just wanted to drink. I just wasn't done. But, you know, if you're determined to stay sober, you start picking up tools and you start doing everything possible to stay sober. And, you know, those things are the important things. You, when, once you make, a, make a decision on what you want to be doing, I think that's when we really start succeeding, you know. That's when we actually start succeeding. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sober Courage podcast with me, Mags, your host, over here at the wonderful, wonderful Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. And I hope the sound of the waves wasn't, uh, you know, I hope it was adding to the podcast. I think it's really cool. I love the sound of the waves. It's it's very relaxing. And anyway, I hope you guys had a really good week. Uh, once again, I'm going to have the <clears throat> podcast links uh, listed on my website. And as well as the song for this podcast that I chosen. And any other links that you might be interested are now at the footer of my website. I have redesigned the website and I'm still working on some other touches. So... I hope to talk to you next week, and as usual, please visit all the other wonderful podcasters on this Since Right Now podcast network.